Today's show is brought to you in partnership with GiveSum. GiveSum is a platform that got on my radar last year. I've been watching with anticipation as they built out their solution. What they have built is brilliant. It's an online platform that allows companies who are already giving to seamlessly engage their employees in the experience by allowing them to choose the causes that matter most to them and choosing where the funds are donated. As my listeners know, I believe that corporate giving needs to be a table stakes when it comes to how we as leaders run our companies. And I also know that sometimes those donations and acts of support don't always connect to the people on our teams. GiveSum solves that problem by creating a bridge where you as a leader can now allow your team to select the causes and charities that matter most to them, and then, through the platform itself, receive direct feedback on the impact of those funds. Gone is the need for the once-a-year town hall or a company-wide email to share what causes the org supported last year. GiveSum allows your team to pick the charities and get direct feedback on the impact the dollars had. One of the best parts, GiveSum does not take a percentage of the donation. 100% of the dollars donated go directly to the charity and to the people who need it the most. GiveSum works with your company, and for a set fee, they administer the entire process. If you're already giving, which statistically speaking, you most likely are, visit GiveSum.com and find out how you can get your entire company involved in making a difference for the people who need it most. Hello, and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to my guest this morning, Mr. Derek Armstrong. How are you doing, Derek? Mm. Very good. How are you, Tyler? I am so good, man. We've been chatting away about skiing, and uh, you, you, you were, we'll talk about it a little bit, but you found your way to Calgary a few years ago, and I love how you say it. You know what? We, need, we embraced winter, and I think that's a great attitude to have, because you can get beaten down by it, or you can watch the snow forecast and get excited about it. I think that's a very different way to engage in the world around you. <laughs> no, it's so true. We could totally do a 60-minute podcast just on skiing. We're, I, I think we're both pretty obsessed with it. And uh, exactly that. Moved out here four years ago and all of a sudden just took up skiing. And the winters are now flying by versus, you know, used to want in, in Ottawa and Montreal want to kind of escape the wind chill and just hibernate. So different world out here. There's many amazing reasons to move to Calgary and the winter opportunity and like, I always joke, we live, we live in some people's uh, coffee table books, <laughs> you know, an hour and a half away from our house, people have that. So for anyone who's looking to move to Calgary, I highly recommend it for many reasons, but let's, Hey, let's, let's, let's not talk about skiing for the next, uh, the next 45 minutes. You are a manager innovation ecosystems at Prairie's economic development, Canada. It's a bit of a mouthful, which I love. So let's jump in the quick elevator here, the pitch, the pitch elevator, if you will, and give us what, what, what do you do? What's your role? What is Prairie's can all about? And let's start to, let's kick off the conversation from there. That's awesome. Yeah, no, uh, really uh, happy to uh, talk about Prairie Scan. So we're a, a federal economic development agency of regions. We're, we're essentially focused on the prairie uh, provinces, and uh, we do a lot out here. We're essentially the boots on the ground here for the federal government. Um, uh, we do a lot of different things. We're best known, of course, as a, an, a quote-unquote investor. So we're a funding yeah. agency. So we're, we're, we're out there funding businesses directly, but we're also funding not-for-profits in the ecosystem. Uh, we're funding communities and so forth. But we do a lot of other things. We're the eyes and ears here for, for, you know, for Ottawa. So we do a lot of uh, advising. We do a lot of pathfinding. We do uh, we help organizations uh, tap into some of the other funds that are a little bit more based in in Ottawa. So uh, yeah, you know my role as a manager of innovation ecosystems. I'm really more focused on the not for profit side of things. Okay. So I'm focused on uh, supporting this innovation ecosystem, mostly in Calgary and southern Alberta. So really kind of providing that foundation for entrepreneurs and companies to help them grow and scale and diversify the economy. So how we do that is exactly providing funding to all the not-for-profits that are providing excellent supports to uh, to uh, businesses. So we, we work really closely with industry associations, with all the accelerators and incubators out there, with post-secondary institutions like SAIT and UFC um, and, 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 you know, Platform Calgary to provide the collision spaces, the collision spaces for, uh, for, 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 for entrepreneurs and SMEs. So really just providing that, uh, supporting that innovation ecosystem that's growing really quickly here in calgary that's which i'm very very ex- excited about and again i always plead ignorance here how long is prairie's economic development can is this something that's just been in place for years and iterates and kind of takes on different life forms or is this something relatively new? Just give me a, a little bit of history. Again, I plead ignorance. <laughs> no, 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 I know. Uh, so it used to be called Western Economic Diversification. Western Economic Diversification was around for 30 or 35 years. So that was the four uh, Western provinces. And then, uh, you know, uh, I think it's now two years ago, uh, there, is, there is a belief, and it is true that, you know, British Columbia and the Prairie Provinces are very different, very different economic uh, conditions, very different opportunities, very different challenges. And so the decision was made to 
to uh, split uh, 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 BC out into Pacifican and then three prairie provinces into prairies. So it is a little bit of a newer uh, brand, but it, okay. uh, the, the organization has been around for 30, 35 years doing a lot of amazing economic development uh, activities out here. Yeah, I appreciate the identifying like, hey, this is different. So let's treat it treat it a little <laughs> bit differently versus blanking it all under. Yeah. And but you you you're based in Calgary, correct? I am based in Calgary. Yes, and we have a team of uh, of five. Uh, nice. an amazing team here. And uh, we kind of take a sector-based approach. So I have someone who's really focused on the ag sector. I have someone focused on clean tech energy transition. I have someone focused on life sciences. And then, of course, digital tech. Uh, we have, uh, you know, people focused on inclusiveness, of course, which is a major priority for us. So, um, yeah, we're a team here and we're out, uh, out and about in the ecosystem, trying to integrate in the ecosystem and, and hear from um, entrepreneurs and SMEs. And, and they tell us what they need, what the gaps are, what the challenges they're facing. And we're just trying to kind of you know, support, uh, uh, support them and, and try to fill those gaps. Is this a case of too many, too many good causes? And I, and I say that with an asterisk beside it <laughs> because there's so much, it's really overwhelming sometimes. And I say that in a completely positive way. I started this podcast four years ago, being even more ignorant than I am now around all of the different factors, but you can kind of get lost in, in the, in the roadmap of where you need to go as a startup, where you need to go as a scale up, who's available it feels like there is a sense of abundance. Is that your, you know, what, even from your experience from when you came here four years ago till now, is, is there, do we have an, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to support network? I think we do. And, and it is quite overwhelming, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to say that that's in some ways a good thing because the ecosystem right now, it's, it's not prescriptive. There, there's no, there's so many different places where an entrepreneur can go. There's definitely different one-stop shops based on even on what sector you're in and so forth. So it is, it is something we struggle with though, and we do hear that you know the the pathfinding and the ecosystem navigation is a little bit of a challenge right now. So we're trying to work on that. But it's so true. When I first moved here four years ago, I, I started off working specifically on clean tech rather than kind of being the manager role. And there's like these ecosystem maps. And it was the first thing I printed out and I had it on my kind of cubicle <laughs> wall. And I was like, I had to stare at the thing every day. It's an ecosystem map. And just for clean tech, I was like, there's so many different supports, so many different organizations. So for me, it took a long time to actually learn this ecosystem. And so, and that's what I do day in and day out. So I, I, I feel for an entrepreneur or an SME that's like out there looking for supports and how do they navigate? Where do they go? But I do think we're getting a little bit better. And I think Platform Innovation Center is has 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 given such a benefit to this ecosystem because it is supposed to be a one-stop shop, a physical yeah, one-stop physical. shop for an entrepreneur. They can walk in and there's 125 partners in there. And, you know, that will hopefully give them some really great leads. We're looking for like a digital one-stop shop. We don't have, there's a lot of digital mm, platforms okay. out there. Yep. but uh, and ecosystem maps and so forth. But we're working on it behind the scenes at looking at kind of maybe compiling something and and, and helping entrepreneurs navigate this uh, <laughs> a growing really quickly and expanding ecosystem, which, like I said, I think is really good in some ways because you want it to be natural. You don't want it like, yeah, yeah. that's why I keep calling it ecosystem. Ecosystem is, it's, it's natural. There's all these different collisions happening. There's people going to different places and that's what you have to do. You have to get out there and talk to a lot of different people and make connections. And I, I love doing that. That I like connecting uh, entrepreneurs to the supports out there. It's kind of that old adage of you know, you know, build two buildings. Don't 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 make the path. Find out where people walk, and then put the path there afterwards. Exactly. Versus the other way around and being too prescriptive, because then eventually you always get that part of the park where people just cut the corner because it's not the natural way. It's not the natural flow of the line. <laughs> no, it's so true. And also, we're another initiative that uh, Calgary Economic Development is leading is an innovation district uh, initiative. So that for 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 the city of Calgary, uh, what that's going to look like, we don't know. But the, uh, you know, there's uh, there's been a report, it's a public report, and we're looking at um, yeah, developing an innovation district in Calgary, and I think that'll really help. Uh, people know where to go. And I don't think it's going to be, I think wh where they're heading is that it's not just going to be one specific neighborhood in Calgary. Okay. I don't know that might change, mm, but yeah, what we're looking at is kind of like this like hub and spoke model, a little bit decentralized because there's a lot of really cool stuff happening over at the UFC. There's like social innovation hub, life sciences innovation hub. And then you have, you know, the energy transition center at the ampersand you have, and then you have, you know, platform Calgary over in East village. So I think we're going <laughs> to, you know, it, the, 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 all of Calgary, is going to be an innovation. Well, and then there's Quarry I, Park and there's a few places yeah. that are not really yeah. come to mind, but I talked to some individuals. They're like, no, we moved here specifically because of where we see this headed and 
you know, kind of that innovation yeah. happens three stories and below and some of those philosophies. I think Calgary, four years ago, that was a very different narrative or certainly a very different picture of that since, you know, I'm actually having coffee with Terry Rocket later today. And nice. I, uh, Terry was episode 14 on my podcast, 300 and some episodes. But I, that was all a vision at that point. That was the December 2020, 2019 or 2020, actually. We just, or 2019, actually. We, COVID wasn't even, we didn't even know what that meant at that point. <laughs> and that was a vision and a conversation that I had with Terry and I had one with Jim Gibson. I look back on that album, so much of that has actually come true in, in a relatively short period of time. <laughs> it, it's so funny. And, and, and people like, I feel so lucky because I only moved out here a couple, you know, three, four years ago and I stepped into this like amazing ecosystem and now I'm manager of innovation ecosystems. And it's like my job in some ways is so easy, but this has been happening. <laughs> I love for, it. You know, this has been happening for decades. People yes. like that have you know, Brad Zumwalt, Terry Rock, you know, the, the leaders have been, you know, toiling away for decades at trying to bring the ecosystem to where it is today. It's the 20 year and overnight success kind of story, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So even from your own perspective of landing here, and I love the the view because, you know, there's what we think about ourselves, but I love someone landing from the outside. You probably had some ideas. You probably had some preconceived notions, we'll call them maybe biases. Who knows? We all do whether we, whether we do, when we don't know them is when we get into the most trouble. What have you seen or what kind of shocked you the most? And then maybe a little bit of a philosophical question from, oh, this is what I thought I was landing into versus like, oh, wow, this is what really kind of blew me away or kind of maybe just was, was an eye-opening experience for you for the last four years. So much was eye-opening. And I actually, I'm not going to lie, I moved out here super reluctantly. So okay. I actually I appreciate the honesty, to, Derek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't want to move out here. So my career was Ottawa, uh, you know, federal government. I was working, you know, strategic policy on climate change with Environment Climate Change Canada, Infrastructure Canada, you know, going to, you know, briefing cabinet and, and doing some really, really interesting things that was there. We had all our family there, like I said, with three kids, three boys. So very overwhelming, you know, at, at home. Let's move and, to Calgary. <laughs> yeah. So my wife, of course, awesome career she's amazing she has uh you know she's a physician a specialist super specialized so it almost takes someone to retire for her to get you know <laughs> uh, yep. this opportunity so someone retired at you know alberta children's so she's head of you know pediatric dermatology over at the children's and she's like yeah we're moving let's move to calgary i was like calgary what am i going to do there for the federal <laughs> government there i don't think there's too that's too awesome much. i so, love that mm. so didn't necessarily want to move here and now i don't want to leave like i am obsessed with calgary and Alberta. I feel like a tourist still like four years later. I'm just exploring this amazing province. So, you know, I in the summer, like I said, in, in the winter, it's all about skiing. In the summer, it's all about camping, bought a trailer, bought a truck, took up skiing. You bought, um, you, you bought, you, you went all, you went all in, Derek. I love it. I, I went I love this. This is, this is also turning a little pitch uh, to, uh, hey, if you're curious about moving to Calgary, I'd like to talk to my friend Derek. He's had a very positive experience. <laughs> well, the province now has their Alberta is Calling campaign again, part 2.0. So they, nice. they've revamped that. So, Excellent. And I, I think the first one was really, really successful. So now they're targeting different areas in Canada. Alberta is calling. So I actually really like that campaign. So And yes, I'm a, definitely a spokesperson for that because I'm that person who came here you know twist my arm and now i now you'd have to twist my arm to ever leave i absolutely <laughs> love it so not only the skiing not only the the the, the natural beauty um but yeah you know the cost of living is a lot lower affordability all that you know i just love the size of the city as well like the one million person city is perfect for me i think the three you know three million five million um you know it's just a lot of traffic it's hard to get around more people public transit is packed it's less personal so i saw that with with calgary is that it there's like this community i feel like i feel like you feel like you're part of something especially in the tech sector and the innovation sector like you know i got to know so many people made so many friends through this through my through my work and just i think that here people are just really open to new ideas i don't think that that's the case everywhere else okay where here people are willing to try new things and they don't and you know not to say that other places are snobby, but the people here are not snobby about it, will not kind of say, oh, that's a dumb idea. They'll say, oh, that sounds interesting. Let's try it. And it's okay if it doesn't work. It, people here are okay with trying new things and failing and pivoting and reiterating. I just think it's so collaborative and people are so supportive. Like you go to events. And when I first started going to events, when I came out here, like I'm a little bit of an introvert and I, I was kind of like, and uh, being in Ottawa, I was behind a computer a lot more. 
and uh, so wasn't out there, you know, engaging stakeholders and so forth, came out here. I was like, okay, this is going to be my job. I'm going to be boots on the ground. I'm going to be out there at events and really do a lot of stakeholder engagement, a lot of face-to-face. And I was a little bit nervous about it. And, uh, <laughs> I appreciate the honesty when, about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, as an introvert, it's kind of something kind of, you know, a little bit out of my comfort zone. And I started doing it. And I was like, wow, this is easy. People here are just so open <laughs> and so nice. That networking, you don't want it to feel icky. You want it kind of for it to feel like networking is some people don't like it but now i'm obsessed with networking because people here just like open you know there's a willingness to have authentic conversations and it's like maybe like what you're doing isn't going to be relevant to me but oh hey i know somebody let me introduce you exactly that's a superpower we have here and be like oh other communities i lived in i've lived and worked in montreal i've lived and worked in toronto it's different it's different once you're in there you're in but the barrier to get and there's a whole lot of little barriers and miniature forts and walls and walled gardens back there we're here, I've, and I've heard it said, when you're new to here, sometimes it can be a, a challenge to break into the business community. But once you're in, it's very inclusive. And it's, and I'm talking more about new Canadians and I've been having some, I, I never want to overlook that. And sometimes coming from a place of privilege, like, oh, it's great. I can open any door. Not right. always the same for most people, no. but it's still easier here <laughs> than it is in some of those other cities, for sure. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and inclusiveness, I 100 uh, percent, you know, uh, uh, agree with that, that, you know, uh, my challenges are, are different from others. And it's something I'm 100 percent aware of in my role with Prairie's Can is that inclusiveness. So we are investing into organizations that are really trying to uh, make for an inclusive ecosystem. So youth, indigenous women. So there's some amazing organizations out there really focusing on, on those populations. And, and I think that that's super important because we're only going to be so successful as an ecosystem i keep saying this is if it's 100 percent inclusive and that everyone feels comfortable entering this ecosystem and being a part of this ecosystem and being heard and being a, an active participant in this ecosystem so it's something we're really prioritizing well you're that 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 small player that we are in terms of just populace we, everybody needs to come off the bench right we, we can't we don't have the luxury of like no no we're only going to let these six people play Exactly. We're too small to compete on a global stage no. if we don't let everybody play the game. It's so silly, you know. And I yeah. love that even the uh, the uh, Calgary Edmonton and some of the rifts that happen, you know, whether it's pick your sports team or whatever the case, whatever the case may be. But the reality is, we're all competing in a global market now, so we can't we can't can't fight with your neighbor if you're really looking at competing and a fight. And be careful with those words, but competing on a global stage, which we all are in one way or another. So inclusivity, I, it, it's just a mandatory in my mind. Um, hey, sure. curious, like, let's get to nuts and bolts. Um, we've already given our, uh, we, we both love Calgary and Alberta. I think everyone's clear on that at this point. <laughs> go, go, go Calgary. Yeah, yeah, no, I am, I am um, overtly pro on, on this market. And uh, four years ago, that was a little bit more of a different story to tell, but now it's a little bit easier because things are just going so good. Talk yeah. to me about uh, Prairie's, Prairie's Can. Do you guys at like annual operating budget number of like, what are some of your KPIs, your initiatives or what you're willing to share or what you can share? What do you guys focus on in terms of like, we want to support X amount of businesses and we have X amount of money to put to work. What are some of the things that drive you guys from like, what's your business model? So we, you know, we do have different allocations and different, our budget does fluctuate. And okay. so every year we are kind of at this time of year, actually, we're trying to sort out, you know, how much funding we have. And that's, you know, provided to us, uh, you know, through the mechanisms in Ottawa and so forth. In the last couple of years, of course, you know, we have been, you know, uh, very uh, lucky to have some great funding and to be able to do some amazing things out here. Um, I, you know, I have, I have a few numbers, just the team and I, in the last two years, we have have invested um, uh, sixty million dollars, so six zero sixty million dollars in the last two fiscals into the not-for-profit uh, innovation ecosystem. So that's fifty projects. We call them projects. So okay. it might not necessarily be fifty organizations because you know you see. I think we did you know two or three projects. Say Makes we sense. did a couple, but fifty projects, sixty million dollars, and our projects range anywhere from even a hundred thousand dollar project for you know a battery metals association in Canada that's really just trying to get started and uh, gain traction to, you know, a $4 million to uh, a lab or a facility at the University of Calgary for medical device prototyping. So anywhere from 100K to 4 million, um, that total $60 million. So we're doing a lot of really, really cool things. I could talk probably for days just about all the cool initiatives because I'm super passionate about it. But, you know, one of the really cool initiatives that we've done lately is uh, $4 million to uh, the Alberta Motor Transport Association to trial uh, hydrogen trucks around the province. oh interesting so to, oh i love the hydrogen allow... story i think there's something oh, it's there's huge. something to more there's more to come in the hydrogen story for sure <laughs> oh it's it's really really growing like three or four years ago we were actually 
I'm not gonna lie, Prairie Scan was like one of the first government uh, bodies that kind of took took a stab at hydrogen. We uh, invested 1.1 million dollars into the Transition Accelerator, the not-for-profit organization, to really look at Edmonton as a region regional mm-hmm. hydrogen hub to do that kind of convening and get people together, um, techno uh, economic analyses to really make the business case for hydrogen. And that was in 2019. So we did that in 2019. And now look at hydrogen everyone's talking about hydrogen everyone knows hydrogen and so now we're really kind of scaling that like out of that 60 million dollars i think we've invested 15 15 million dollars specifically into hydrogen initiatives interesting so uh alberta motor transport association uh so that carriers can try the and de-risk the uh adoption of these trucks right because they don't want to buy they don't want to invest in these hydrogen trucks if they can't like trial them and drive them and actually do like actual routes and do the refueling and in alberta's conditions so hey why not de-risk it for industry so that's something we love to do de-risk 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 for industry via not-for-profit um at a you know relatively lower cost right and so this could help you know adoption of 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 many hopefully uh hydrogen trucks all around all around alberta's roads um you know uh, of course we do a lot into you know collision spaces is big for us we really love to see you know everything that's happening at the platform innovation center so we put 2.1 million dollars into the into into there we put 2.1 million dollars into the energy transition center love what they're doing there and that was a little bit you know government everyone talks about how government needs to take you know some risks i actually think like the Energy Transition Center in downtown Calgary, like maybe five, ten years ago, would anyone have thought that that no. was a possibility? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we're going to give Kevin and his team a lot of credit for what they're doing over there. <laughs> Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. Great model. Downtown Calgary. It's, it's, I think so, I, we're only in a couple of years, like, you know, startups are starting to spin out of the Energy Transition Center yeah. now only, like a year or two later, and we're only going to see that scale. We're going to see some amazing solutions, potentially some game-changing solutions come out of We there. just so launched a podcast really I did with uh, Team Vivent and their methane reduction solution, and I, there you go. I had them on. My wife was actually on that team in the early days and stepped away from nice. it, but I wanted to get, like, because I've talked to Kevin, and, but I wanted to know what it was like to go through that program as a cohort. And they really walked it through and it was great to hear. And like, like you said, like a few years ago in Calgary, like the things we just accept now is like, oh yeah, no, you know, Avatar Innovation Center or the Energy Transition. A few years ago, that was like crazy talk almost. To be it blunt. would have been <laughs> yeah yeah and it, and it was still was a little bit you know quote-unquote risky we were yeah. like okay you know because this really you know we wanted to see this succeed so prairie scan came in on this and so did osif uh, yep. uh after us as well so uh we're, we're invested in their two levels of government are invested in there yeah you said something there i'm curious are you guys often and maybe it probably changes but I've often been heard, and this is not just the Calgary thing, but there's a long line to be second or third. The line to be first is a lot shorter. And I think that's maybe a universal truth when it comes to risk. You just made the comment there about, you know, okay, we were in first, someone was in second. Do you often find yourselves in a position where by investing, you kind of give a big checkbox to that organization that maybe other other partners might go, oh, okay, well, Prairie Can's in, or more importantly, you've got some funding, you've got a bit of a roadway now, you've got a runway we're going to come in now because you've just de-risked it for us to also support Does Do you find that, do you see that a little bit as your role as well? Absolutely. So nice. I think, Love you know, I, I talk on a weekly or bi-weekly basis with the two other levels of government. So I have amazing relationships with, with the city of Calgary, what they're doing there, Calgary Economic Development and the OSIF, which is their funding arm, and then Alberta Innovates and different departments inside the provincial government. We have amazing relationships. So there's the politics that happens, but then there's there what happens, the actual, you know, the, the work that happens behind the scenes. And the collaboration is absolutely amazing. That's another thing that was eye-opening when I came out here because the club, like you maybe didn't think that would be the case. You come out here and you're like, okay, what am I getting myself The, into? the media but, might make you think that for sure, but like exactly. there's a difference between media and then reality for sure. It's so true. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, it is always uh, a little bit, un- sometimes uncomfortable to be the first and, and take a chance and take, be that level of government that's taking that quote unquote risk. But how we do de-risk it is actually Paris can on all our projects, we're only 
only a 50% or less funder. So our requirement for all our projects is to have 50% match funding. It doesn't necessarily have to ha- come from another level of government. We actually prefer it comes from industry. Yeah. And we like to see another level of government as well. But we like to see that industry pull and them willing to put funding in it as well. It really de-risks it for government. So we're we're de-risking it just by default there by, by being in at 50%. But I actually think Prairie Scan... Um, there's been a willingness to be first in and take some risks. We have gotten a lot better at that. Like I said, we were first in on Transition Accelerator. Um, we're first in on Energy Transition Center. We've been first in on a couple, and then we we actually help bring in the other funders on some of our projects. There's other times where you know OSIF will do something and and, and say, Hey, Paris, can do you would you like to co-fund this with us? And then absolutely, we're open to that as well. So we do come in second for OSIF. We come in second for Alberta Innovates all the time. I love, I love that because that's often the hardest, that first funding, that first, you know, uh, proof, because it, it's a proof point. It's 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 fuel in the tank. It's all the things. So let, let's play the politics media game here just for a brief moment, because I, <laughs> I consider myself a political refugee. When you leave, when you when you live in Quebec your whole life, every conversation starts with and ends with politics. So moving here, I was like, 40-year conservative government, nobody talks about politics. This is a weird thing. It's not quite like that anymore. But you know, anyways, you lived in Eastern Canada or Central Canada. You know, you, you, yes. you know of what I speak. Yep. <laughs> it's, a, it's a top of the bike, especially Quebec, because you've got, then you've got language and all kinds of craziness. Um, <laughs> so the narrative that Ottawa's working against us, that they're not really supporting us, and da-da-da-da-da, and all that narrative that gets floated around, that sounds completely untrue in the context of what Prairies Can does here in Alberta. <laughs> Just listening to you talk, like, I want to call spade a spade. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Like what, and that's what, you know, that's what I tell people all the time. Like we're here, like we're here to, to invest. We're here to help. It's like the typical kind we're, of thing. But, but we have money, we have money and we're willing <laughs> yeah, to use it. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're, we're here to help. That's could be, yeah, that could be another me, but yeah, but, but no, I have a checkbook and I'm willing to write checks. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I think my conversations is like I said, people are always <laughs> wanting to talk to me. I wonder why. No, but it's like, <laughs> Derek, you're so popular. It's, because, it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're a funder. We're here to, yeah. you know, invest and, and help this 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 province and the ecosystem and businesses and so forth. So, you know, that's why I love my job. I'm super biased. I'm all about carrots. I'm all about incentives. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of, of sticks. And I, I think in the past, maybe, you know, uh, some governments uh, uh, will come in with, with some sticks. And I think that will rile some people up. It's like the sticks are like, okay, don't do this, or we're banning this, or, you know, you can't can't do this. I think that's where you can get into some trouble as as a government. But if you're coming in with incentives and carrots and and it's all positive, then that's, I think, the way to go. Like, look at the Biden's uh, Inflation Reduction Act. It's I think that's been a game changer in the United States. And I and I think Canada is going to actually we'll see uh, go down that route as well in terms of uh, providing more incentives. We have to Um, we have to to keep up with them. Incentivize the behavior you want to see. Right. Not. Yeah. Can'ts and all those words. They're they're bristling words because they make you like, oh, really? Oh, what? For sure. (laughs) And especially out here. Right. Like you have to know your audience and know the context. Like if you're. Yeah, Alberta, you, you know, you shouldn't tell, tell us what to do. <laughs> Spoken like a true Albertan, Derek. I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm going to throw that flag up in front of your house. Derek, Albertan, <laughs> proud Albertan. Yeah, no, there's, uh, I, I love my trips back in the summertime when someone, family or so otherwise, and, you know, my family, a lot of my family lives in real Quebec, will say something about our energy sector, and my wife will politely and professionally correct them about what is actually happening versus it's just i love it it's those favorite moments i just sit back and smile <laughs> so you guys true. do this and you do that i'm like well actually no let me give you a list of all the things we do from an environmental perspective from a community sports but anyways not to not to zero on that industry but that's an easy one to get that gets bullied in other provinces but maybe you just don't have the whole story that's no and as a so marketer true. though that's up to us to tell that story too right <laughs> For sure, Tyler. And this is a, this gets back to your question about what was eye-opening to me when I first came in here, that that was absolutely eye-opening. Like everything that we're doing around energy transition and reducing GHG emissions and methane reduction and all the, uh, you know, carbon capture and storage and bitumen beyond combustion, carbon fiber, you know, lithium, battery metals, uh, hydrogen, of course, now. Like that to me, I was like, holy cow, Alberta in some ways is, is so much farther ahead, but you would not know that. Yeah. And that was, 
like there's a lot we hear this all the time from stakeholders that we need to tell our story better we need to tell our story better we need to tell our story better and it's true and i think we need to keep repeating that and yep. in, whether it be on social media whether it be like you know trips out to ottawa whether it be like inviting um you know officials out here which we actually are starting to do we're starting to do some you know tours and roundtables uh, with innovators and more and more eyes are now on calgary and alberta because of that because of some of the things that have been in the news record levels of of venture capital 90 percent of th those record levels being in calgary um you know alberta going from 1200 startups to 3000 startups in a matter of years so people are starting to notice and pay attention like i mean you know I think you're involved with Mesh. They're, they yep. want to come to Calgary. I talk to entrepreneurs that are maybe you know out in in, in Vancouver, and they want, um, but maybe we're from Calgary. They want to come to Calgary to grow their business because they see it as being the place to be. So, uh, I think there's like this. Yeah, people don't fully realize, but I actually think it's the word it, starting. It to is get starting out there. to get out. Yeah, you know the, the whole what is in Alberta or what is in Calgary. Some of the you know back in the old days of travel Alberta and some of the team I knew that worked there and like going out on these missions and it was like what's in alberta they're like you don't have to have that conversation anymore it's a much no. so i just i love that joke like what 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 is in alberta after all um <laughs> with some of the investments and with your mandate to you know put money to work what are some of your what are some of your kpis in terms of measurement like how do you look back on your year and say we are successful because of these series of things happen and it's probably a bunch of moving targets but what do you guys measure because you're you're putting money to into play you're investing and just by its own dna what is our ROI down the road, long-term, short-term? How do you guys measure that? Or what do you look at? So that's a really good question. It's something we are 100% focused on, of course, because it's taxpayers' money we're investing into the ecosystem. And of course, you know, we need to measure our impact. And so, um, how, like I said, we're investing in that kind of, it's, it's a little bit more difficult in the not-for-profit sector because it's a little bit more indirect. If you invest into a company directly, which totally. we do do with non-repayable funding, you're getting the KPIs from that company. You're giving them a $1 million repayable contribution. So they're like scaling. So actually we invested in Neo Financial when they were, you know, oh, okay, right on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they were like 15 employees, now they're 700, but we helped them. We can't take all the credit for Neo Financial yep, success, yep. but we helped them get to where they are today because we provided them with that non repayable patient uh, uh, capital. I love what uh, you just industry. said, patient capital. That's such a powerful, that's not to be underestimated, that statement. That's a very powerful statement. <laughs> Absolutely. So that those KPIs are really easy. It's how many jobs they created with Prairie Scan funding, how how much they were able to scale their revenues. So uh, jobs and revenues. We have a lot of other metrics, and actually, we're trying to simplify that internally because we do need to hone in on some key KPIs. But we have like actually a list of like ten KPIs, like right. you know, Bird, which is actually really. It's not that they're not important, but we really to be able to tell our story as Prairie Scans, we need to be able to focus on some key KPIs. So companies, easy jobs revenue and we've been super successful there Atabotics, neo financial um uh some other really great companies that we've invested in and got a really great return on investment there and the not-for-profit uh, side of things is a little bit more indirect so we're folk you know we'll invest into cdl rockies that provides you know the access to capital mm -hmm. mentorship and so forth so the companies go through the cohort and that's where we're getting our kpis they'll go through the cohort they'll get that you know, mentorship uh, um, and potentially access to capital. And then they'll go off, they'll be better off after that cohort and, you know, hire and then, you know, scale, generate revenue. So we do take um, a portion of, of that as our KPIs. So jobs, revenues, again, are really big for us. And then in the not-for-profit sector, it's SMEs that are being assisted, that are being helped. So when we do fund an organization, we want to see uh, a larger number of companies that are actually going through those cohorts or being assisted or or whatever it is. So jobs, revenues, and, and, and SMEs. Okay, assisted. so fairly... Yeah, easy to understand, and why those are why those are important in terms of uh, in terms of KPIs. So when you're looking at some of which one is you, you've mentioned, you've had a few kind of shoot the lights out. You know, Neo's a great example. You know, that's such a great. I've had a few of them on the show. Such a great group of individuals, and kind of boom, like boom, seven hundred seven hundred employees is a real number. Yeah. What are some of the What are some of the challenges? Like, I, I always want to be optimistic because I wake up that way. But at the same time, can't fix the secret. What are some of the things that you're running into? Or you're seeing, and maybe it's in your KPIs, the ones that you're like, ah, those ones are harder to get at, or maybe we're just not reaching them. What are some of the challenges you see with with the same question being then, you know, how and how do we look like overcoming them? So, what what, what do you run into that? What what frustrates you when it comes to this innovation ecosystem and things just oh moving forward? What gets in the way? 
so I love this question because this is what uh, keeps me up at night. Like this nice. is my, as manager of innovation ecosystems, I'm all about like tackling challenges and gaps. That's what we do. That's what we're trying to solve on a awesome. daily basis. And that's what the team is out there doing because we just want to keep the momentum going. And so, and there are, like, it's not like I'm a, I'm an optimist, as you can tell, I'm very optimistic. Things are doing, our, things are so great here. It's growing. Um, it's, everything's good news, but of course there are challenges. Challenges. You know, you can't go through a conversation without talking about talent. Uh, yes, we've seen a few layoffs in the tech sector uh, over the last couple of weeks, which is concerning. However, there's still a lot of job opening. So we're trying to kind of reconcile that. What's, what's, that, equa- what's that equation actually look like? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's going on there? We see that there's a lot of tech sector jobs available, but then, you know, we're seeing some layoffs. But we do know that talent, of course, is a major problem. Um, and I think it's a little bit, It's it, it, there's an availability of talent issue, but then there's also a skills mismatch. So yep. there's like uh, employers uh, want and need something. And then, you know, the, the, the talent maybe might not be able to provide that. And so we're looking at, of course, you know, uh, programs that are maybe not a full, you know, four year degree and maybe not a boot camp, but something in the middle. I love okay. what Inception U I was just going to say Inception U is immediately, Margot is immediately coming to yeah. mind as you're talking, 100%. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So exactly. That's the type of things that we'll support. So we start with a problem, we start with a gap, and then we say, okay, how can we solve that? Oh, there's an Inception U out there. We haven't funded Inception U FYI, full disclosure, but it is an organization that we love what they're doing and so forth. I appreciate you identify there. the problem, you identify the gap. Okay, who's in exactly. the who's in the space right now that could use a bit of a lift that we see exactly. as a direct fast forward 24 months, boom, that problem has now been you know supported or dealt with, maybe not solved is a big word, is a big statement around talent. <laughs> Absolutely. Talent is a huge one. And we have funded some talent initiatives. So Cybera around data science, they're actually pairing uh, young talent with industry. That industry has a a real world problem. And so they're doing the mentor. They're mentoring both the company and the talent to kind of solve a data science problem inside that company. And hopefully those uh, those turn into into full time jobs for the for that. Well, we're in an interesting phase where sometimes the problems that need to be solved, the organization, you know, the old days and i'm just oversimplifying we know what the problem is we just need staff to solve it now we're still figuring out the problem and we don't know if our current team even knows how to solve it because it's the first time we've even encountered this you know managing data the the onslaught of ai ml and all those things we're solving things we've never even had to consider 24 months ago <laughs> again i'm oversimplifying so the situation no, but you, you got to give some respect for like we need to, and again as an as a hiring person as a hiring manager Sometimes you chase unicorns because you kind of want someone to come in to help you solve the problem that you haven't even even figured out how to solve yourself yet. And that's a tricky hire, no matter how you cut that, no matter if you're big or small. (laughs) For sure, for sure. No, I totally agree with that, Tyler. And yeah, no, so, you know, talent is a big one, but just some other gaps and challenges out there I want to touch on, like access to capital. Of course, we're getting record levels of VC capital, um, VC funding, but we definitely need more. There's a lot of, you know, funding on the sidelines. There's a lot of funding elsewhere that, so we're trying to, attract uh, capital out here. We're doing some things there. You know, adoption of new technologies is, is of course, a challenge sometimes, especially in some of the, you know, the the older industries that are maybe a little bit risk averse themselves. So we're trying to do, you know, uh, uh, things with especially, you know, states and UFCs to kind of de-risk and, and with AMTA around the hydrogen trucks to de-risk some of those new technologies. Um, you know, just quicker commercialization because it takes a long time to commercialize technology. So we want to make it easier for SMEs to be able to commercialize quick. So quick access to prototyping facilities and demonstration validation facilities. And yet there again, that's where some PSIs really play a big role there. And then you touched on this earlier, but that ecosystem navigation we're seeing is a little bit of a gap or a challenge right now. So we're going to try to, you know, hopefully sort that out without being too prescriptive. Um, And then another challenge is just overall that downtown revitalization. If we want to have an innovation district, downtown Calgary, I think we also need to look at the bigger picture and have a vibrant, revitalized downtown Calgary as well at the same time. So there's, you know, a lot happening there. And uh, and then just the bigger, higher level uh, challenge that everyone talks about that we want companies to, you know, start here, scale here and stay here. So how can we build that foundation, that infrastructure that companies just want to stay here? And I think, you know, hopefully with some of these unicorns and they stay here, then maybe that'll get that flywheel going on that side of things. Derek, just by the list of challenges that you've laid out really gives a perspective of the number of areas that you're focusing on. <laughs> you kind of went down the list. 
list. I'm like, I've heard all of them, but you know, yeah. sometimes as pairs, never all at once. <laughs> well, well done, <laughs> well said. And, and like, and Tyler, and, and I'm not gonna lie, those are the challenges. But then you can look at every single specific sector as well. So there's you know specific challenges in clean tech, like med tech, ag tech, advanced manufacturing, digital tech. So we're in any every single one of those specific. Uh, sector. So we're, we are very busy public servants out here, but <laughs> I, I am so lucky to have a team that is so passionate about what we do as a team and what and what they do. And they're passionate about their, their sector. Um, and and, and, I, and I love it. And I, and I feel like everyone wants to come to work every single day because we are providing that public service and, and we are we are helping uh, grow this this economy for Alberta. Oh, Derek, well, the first time, I was excited to have you on. Your passion and your clear commitment to this is, is shows through in space. So let's pivot back to the positive here. I like to talk about reality, but I love shiny things. What are some of the sectors that are getting you the most excited? I'm not asking you to pick your favorite child, just to be clear. But what are the sectors where you see that, like, okay, this is really, you talked about hydrogen, but maybe even a little bit under everyone else's radar, but that you're kind of optimistic about? Mm. So, I mean, I was going to say hydrogen. <laughs> I pulled yeah. that one out of your answers because yeah, I think it, <laughs> I was like, well, okay, let's see. He already said hydrogen is pretty awesome. And, and I'm also, uh, yeah. that's an area I got really kind of curious about a couple of years ago. And the more I learned, the more I'm like, oh, this feels like just a matter of time before we get this sorted out. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of a no brainer. I, I think there may be some stops and starts and, and there there's some risks and gaps and challenges yeah. there along the way in terms of how do you transport it? And, you know, there's like, it's a different uh, you know, uh, chemical or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, it's chemical, but it, it causes embrittlement in pipelines. It's you know, it acts differently, and then um, you know, we're spread out. Is it's probably going to be heavy trucks. So there's there's some really smart people working on that. But what I see is that having a game changing potential for this province uh, moving into this net zero uh, into this net zero world. But some of the other ones definitely like battery metals, of course, for EVs. So for mm-hmm. electric vehicles, we have some deposits here. We we have some really interesting companies that are looking to uh, get lithium out of our uh, assault, our brine deposits. Like well, Summit, Summit Nanotech is a great example. Summit e- e- Nanotech. Summit Nano, E3, yeah. uh, Litus. There, there's a there's a handful I've had on the show that like every time I chat with them, I'm like this just gets me more excited about this whole world. <laughs> it's super exciting, and and the thing I, I love about battery metals is that it's a demand and supply, right? The demand is going to be astronomical, and the supply and, and this, there's not going to be enough supply, so it's that's kind of a no brainer. We need this stuff, and and, uh, and again, that's another not? one of those who better who better than us <laughs> to come to come up with the best way to do that, right? You know what I mean? Like in terms of our DNA as a province. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. But, you know, we could talk, I could probably talk only about clean tech and energy transition, but there are some kind of other sectors that people might not think are as obvious here, mm-hmm. like life sciences, med tech, uh, health analytics and diagnostics, that 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 sector and ne- neuroengineering even. There's some really amazing pockets of expertise here in Alberta, which a lot of people it wouldn't think are as obvious, but that is a sector that is growing really, really quickly as well. And a, um, and a high degree of uh, highly educated individuals coming out of our universities in those areas that something got on my radar a couple of years ago. They're like, well, we have a lot of very skilled people that end up leaving the province because there isn't the jobs to match the education. And if once you've got the education, that's a great foundation to be starting from to now grow. You know, and I know Thin Air is playing in that space and Crystal Phillips. I've learned a lot about that sector from talking to Crystal. Yeah. It's, it's one of those that it, you're right. If it's not on your radar, you just don't think it exists. But it, there's a lot of opportunity in Alberta around that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Exactly. So that's another one. And, and and I have to preface this because Edmonton has some different strengths in Calgary. I'm coming from a Calgary perspective, by okay, the way. By the way. Yep. But, but in Edmonton, for sure, um, uh, uh, artificial intelligence is huge up there. Um, oh, Amy. Yeah, you, there's, yeah. Again, one of those things is like there's some amazing powerhouses in this province that you just probably haven't heard of. <laughs> Maybe more exactly. now, but a couple of years ago, not on a lot of people's radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Edmonton, I would say artificial intelligence okay. is a huge, huge strength for them. But then back to, you know, Calgary, there's a lot happening. It, you know, digital tech is kind of a catch-all in some <laughs> because there's digital tech in clean tech, there's digital tech in ag tech, there's yeah. digital tech 
in every single sector, but that digital tech sector is growing really quickly. FinTech, of course, with Neo and some other companies there. Um, IoT, so Internet of Things, you know. Yeah, and Upward IoT the and what they're doing and kind of the global IoT, recognition amazing. that Brenda and her team are getting is really impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have funded Alberta nice. IoT, that industry association, to do some programming. So that's that, that they're one of our quote-unquote clients. Love what they're doing. Brenda's amazing. So She's a power. Absolutely. She has her own port. She has her own um, uh, gravity force field of, uh, that she goes around with and then she is the Agreed. most uh, avid networker of anyone I've ever met I give her props <laughs> that woman is tireless when it comes to that <laughs> no absolutely and then I would be remiss without mentioning agriculture so uh, nice. of course is, has strengths around agriculture and there we're, we're finding that there are some challenges around adoption and a little bit of okay. uh, slower because it's an old industry it's an older industry right yeah. and there's there's a little bit of risk aversion there because and I get it like a farmer can't adopt this like brand new technology and it fails and they lose like an entire growing season no yeah, yeah, they're not going to want to do that so we're back trying, the, con- yeah. the consequences of trial and error and how do you how do you scale exactly. that down to mitigate de-risk to your point absolutely but there's some really amazing opportunities there around automation and drones and smart seating and uh, autonomous vehicles and so forth some really cool opportunities there to you know feed the world potentially with alberta's uh, agriculture well and certainly so one doing... thing we learned one of the many things we learned out of covid but food scarcity is a real thing we can't take that for granted absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. so no no if you, if you don't if you don't know if you, if you haven't thanked the farmer recently you probably should <laughs> i agree yeah no for sure and i've done you know and so we're we're investing into old college and left Bridge College, uh, just to name two. So Olds College has a smart farm and uh, so that and do applied research. So a company can go or a tech company or an adopter can go to Olds College and for very low cost, actually trial, uh, demonstrate, de-risk and do applied research projects there at their smart farm. It's amazing. And they have an ag tech expo in August every year I go. I love it. It's amazing to see all the cool technologies happening there. And Lethbridge College is really, really scaling their uh, applied research around ag as well. So really exciting stuff happening around ag. Derek, I don't know if you're looking for some extra, you know, work on the side, but I think you could be my booking agent because you literally talk to everybody in this province. I love it. It's fantastic. I'm like, oh, man, you're bending my brain. I'm like making a list. I'm like, okay, talk to Derek about getting in contact with this this sector, this industry, this sector. But yeah, it's so exciting. And the energy just listening to you talk about you're like, oh, yeah, it's almost like there's so much going on. I'm just watching you go, oh, yeah, forget. Oh, geez, I have to mention that sector. Don't forget about what's going on over here. That's <laughs> a real abundance problem that's pretty exciting to have. And you've got such a cool seat at that table or many, many, many tables. <laughs> Like I said, I love it. It almost so does good, keep me up at night in a good way, sometimes in a bad way, because I'm stressed out about some of the gaps and challenges and some of the things we're doing, some of the things that are happening. But I, I like I love my job and I'll actually spend free time, some of my free time doing my job, like reading, you know, scrolling on LinkedIn, getting all the news, getting all the tidbits, because it's so exciting. And I always tell people it's like I'll never get bored in this job because <laughs> it's constantly evolving and there's so much knowledge. There's so much information out there like i said in all these different sectors and so and i'm that type of person where i love to take everything in and try to know as much as i can about everything and it's kind of you know double-edged sword sometimes <laughs> like i said it does keep me up at night my wife and kids are just like can you stop but uh, i'm like almost obsessed about it but it's at least it's towards something positive right <laughs> uh, yes yes obsessive behavior can be but also to see and like you know i, I started the podcast four years ago so that's kind of my line in the sand where it felt like there was a lot of things happening, but there was so much less overlap in the Venn diagrams. There was like, oh, this is happening over here. You kind of landed here at that same time. It's also easy. It's, it's like when you, you buy a stock and I get really excited about it as I watch it go up. It's I check it all the time. You know, it's so ridiculous sometimes or, or crypto yeah. is a good example. Calgary's going up. So it's really yeah. easy to get invested and get excited because it's not like, oh, we put all this effort in and we're going and it's going down. Like, and and it's been, there's been some challenging years, but I've been here since 2000. I've rode a couple of these roller coasters. I think this one feels very, very different. I think I'm also just more informed about this roller coaster than I was years ago. So it's pretty easy to be optimistic when you see so many little wins and these move forward. And you've got such a cool perspective on our province. It'd be hard not. like If, if you weren't excited about it, you'd be in the wrong role. <laughs> exactly. No, but you know. But you touched on a good point. There are ebbs and flows and there are ups and downs. And, and I actually mentally prepare 
prepare for that. And I actually mentally prepare the team because things are amazing. Everyone is, is super positive. Things are really good right now. But I always say, hey, just meant prepare because we will have to pivot as a government agency if things aren't as good. We'll have to pivot our mentality. We'll have to pivot the way we do things. We'll have to just have a different uh, mentality out there and uh, always staying positive, of course, but it's a little bit different. We'll have to kind of tweak the way we do things. And right now we're just riding the waves. I, I love things it. Are yeah, amazing. Totally. This too yeah, shall yeah, pass. Yeah. This too shall pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, question for you. I haven't asked this question for a while. One of my, one of my old go-tos. If you could take two different sectors in this province and throw them in a room together with the, with the, the desired outcome of like, they're going to walk away going, wow, I never thought about that that way. Like that they're going to take something from each other and maybe they don't intermingle or they don't realize that they have more in common than they do. Who would you, who would you throw in the room? Then you could throw a couple, like we'll start with two. You could throw three if you want, but who would you throw in the room for a day and lock the door? <laughs> Ag and energy. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah that's nice. You didn't yeah. even hesitate on that answer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a really coupling of two sectors that really needs to happen more and more and more. Mm. Like I said, there's some really smart people working on that. I can't really go down the rabbit hole there, but I, I really think that I see a lot of synergies there. Um, and, uh, you know, like ag tech is also climate tech, because if you're doing something more efficient in, in agriculture, it's also um, yeah. uh, climate tech tech and regenerative ag is is something that's really uh up and coming actually one of those sectors subsectors that i would say is is something that has a lot of potential and it's all about um embedding ghg emissions into into soil so regenerative ag and so that's a big one and then of course when it comes to growing our food how can we do that with less ghg emissions so with green energy efficient greenhouses or growing methods or so forth so ag and energy is definitely a sector that and i know that you know there's been a lot of activity there and you know people are some really smart people are studying uh, studying that but then like i said i would actually you know this whole sector of digital tech digital tech is everywhere right and yeah. so it's not a default, sector it's an, un- it's an underpinning it's a wave yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 no for sure uh derek what's the best way uh, you're out and about and i know you're 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 a man about town and your team is out there but what are the best like what are the preferred ways how do you like someone to reach out or there's a million ways to get hold of each other today but what's your favorite what's your preference so I'm actually really open with my with my email address. I love just people reaching out. So it's fairly easy. It's a government email address. So it's Derek.Armstrong at prairiescan.gc.ca. So Derek.Armstrong at prairiescan.gc.ca. But I'm also on LinkedIn. You can shoot me a DM on LinkedIn. And I always I try to respond to as many people as possible there. And uh, I love meeting. That's what I do all day, every day is meet with people, talk to people, talk to because you can't do economic development behind a computer. So I love being out there talking to people, having coffee chats and just learning, learning from people. So please reach out LinkedIn, email uh, are the two best ways for sure. I love it. I just got your LinkedIn right now. I see we have over 500 mutual connections. That's there probably the biggest go. number I've seen for a while. We, go. Gotta, we, we end up hanging out, chat with the same people. <laughs> Derek, this was really informative. I love your passion. I think we got a great, we could just pull out this little pitch on Western Canada that we had like kind of at the beginning, <laughs> but really understanding the nuts and bolts of what you do and how you facilitate and steward those funds to bring it to the province and bring it to bear in so many different areas. Like that's kind of what blew me away the most was just so uh, many areas of influence that Prairies Can has. And uh, it's why I do these episodes. So I get to learn about just yet another thing that's going on in this province that's having positive influence. So hats off and high fives. And uh, thanks for the work you and your team does. I love it. Thanks so much, Tyler. Thanks for having me on. And I really appreciate what you're doing because you're helping us tell our story. So, and that's exactly what I said was needed. So love what you're doing. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Derek.